if you don't mind a tingling spine or a lump in your throat. If you kind of get a thrill feeling the hair stand up on the back of your neck or you just can't get enough of the eerie, turn down the lights, snuggle up with a blanket and keep your feet tucked up safe because we've got a story for you. It happened to a friend of a friend. Nope, nope, your clap didn't make it in there. (laughs) It's okay, I just gotta do it. It's like a psychological clap. I know, okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I bought a mop this week. Ooh. I mommed so hard. I don't know how to respond to that at all. Like, ooh, a mop. Well, because I don't normally wash my floors. Like, I'm pretty bad about that. It's like the one thing in my house that I don't clean is the floors. So when I was off on Wednesday, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Canadian Tire. They have a Swiffer wet jet there for $32, like the whole starter kit. So I was very excited. So I went to go get it. And then I had it in my hand. And then I went around the corner to the other aisle with the regular mops. And there was a Rubbermaid kind of similar one but okay. you can like rewash the pad like a yeah. hundred washes so you don't have to buy the disposal ones all yeah. the time and you can put your own like spray stuff in it this is the worst conversation no it's great and it was cheaper it was only 29 dollars <gasps> instead of 32 oh my goodness i don't have to buy batteries i don't have to buy the liquid. The batteries a lot when i use that one yeah i don't have to buy it it's liquid and i don't have to buy the disposable cloths um cool i think so that was two minutes i'll never get back that it was like a minute I have to mop my floors every other day because I have two dogs and two young children. Mm, yeah, I don't have dogs. <laughs> so it really sucks. So I have the Swiffer. We used to have a steam mop, which was our favorite, but mm-hmm. it was a plug-in because um, that one's the best for like, it gets the floors really clean. And then mm-hmm. we have a regular mop that you spin. So we have, actually have three mops. The blanket might be covering your microphone a little bit. Okay. We're all set. Anyways, nobody <laughs> wants to hear about mop vibes. Somebody like, might. your week. Somebody might be very excited Ooh. about my mop situation. Well, yay for that person. I mommed so <laughs> hard. Message us. I even, I even had like another to-do list. I feel like I have to, housewives so hard. I housewives so hard. Which you're watching now. I had, to, I had to get watch batteries changed in mm. six of my watches. Where'd you go? Just a jewelry store. Okay. Near my place. It was cheaper than the bay. I, usually, I was going to say the bay is where I usually go. That's where I usually went. But then I was like, no, the bay charges too much. So I started calling around and there's a jewelry place near us. Yeah. And it was like half the price. Nice. Yeah. Who, who are they all for you? All your watches or? Yes. I've got nine watches. That's weird. I wear it as jewelry, but I also want it to work. Okay. I like watches. I have one watch and then like the Fitbit and Apple, whatever, not Apple watch. The Yeah, Fitbits. I have two Fitbits. I don't have Fitbits or Apple okay. Watches. I won them both of them through work. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. So that was my week. How was your week? Um, good. I actually had three days off last week and this week. What did you do those days? I actually ended up with a migraine, and it was oh. probably the best thing that happened because if I didn't have the migraine, I would have like organized shit. Mm-hmm. So I had a really bad headache on the Tuesday, and I had two days off in a row, which never happens. Ooh, that's fun. So I had a bad headache on the Tuesday, and then, like, I slept in Wednesday. Mike took the kids to school and daycare for me. And it was like, do you think they can hear me? I and it was, Move your mic up further. And it was like, you're going to have to – if you do that, you're just going to have to hold it the whole time. Just repin it closer to your mouth. Anyways, it was perfect because um, I – I needed that downtime. Like I hadn't, we haven't stopped being busy at work until like last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I needed that migraine to keep me in bed and not doing things. And now I feel a little rejuvenated, but 
feel more rejuvenated after I take a week vacation. Very fun. Are you going to miss me when you go away? No, not at all. Like a little bit? Nope. Like just a touch? Not even a tiny bit at all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're going to be preoccupied. <laughs> but like you won't be there on like a Friday and you'll be like, oh, I should be recording with Sarah right now. Okay, let's go to Disney. No, I literally not even won't for think like about a it. second. Nope. nope. I'm uh, when I go on vacation, I'm all in. I'm like very big on like do not disturb on my phone. Like leave me alone. I just want to spend time with my family. And Mike and I are different people. As soon as vacation mode hits, we're completely different people. Like we're our best selves and we mm-hmm. just enjoy life. And yeah, as soon as vacation time hits, hmm. I don't think about a thing. So I don't get the good version of you. I get like a half-ass no. version. Yeah, you get a half-ass version. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Well, I'm gonna tone down my chipperness. Well, then, one day right? we'll one day we'll go like finally actually like do an overnight and get away or something, and then you'll like it. Okay. Hundred percent. All right. Yeah. So I'm Megan. I'm Sarah. And this is who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. Well, Happy I do. Happy to friend of a friend. Friend, you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been drinking all day? No, I haven't actually. Um, who's first? You are. Okay. So you go. This first. one's fun. I did mine because of my trip, kind of. Okay. You've already done Dark Disney. I have done Dark Disney. It could have been a two-parter. Yes. Um, I was had a different story I was gonna do, and so then we should. Act, I, I don't. I sorry to interrupt. I usually don't apologize for doing that. I just yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, we should just tell people we'll probably be missing a week because yeah. you won't be here. Yeah, I won't be here. So sorry, people. I'm not sorry. Not sorry. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so I did this one because we are road tripping. Okay. And, um, like, we'll be going through mountains and stuff like that. And uh, I've road tripped a lot. And when we moved back from British Columbia, we had, like, a lot of natural disasters happen. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like we had brush fires. Uh, a whole town flooded out because there was mudslides and then tornadoes. So we hit it all. It took us 10 days to do, like, a five, what was planned as a five-day trip because mm-hmm. of craziness. So we were talking about packing our emergency bag and stuff like that, making sure our tires are good. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this story because I wanted to, because I told Mike about this story because I was like, we need to like be cautious in things we do and make smart decisions. Right. So this is the story of the Kim family road trip. I don't know it. Okay. So it was Thanksgiving in 2006 when the Kim family went missing. Um, James and Katie Kim were married in 1999. He was um, sort of a tech analyst, and he was also like a TV personality. I believe he did something with like the same thing, tech analyzing on TV. Um, and she owned two boutiques. They were living in North Carol, no, North California, um, around the San Francisco area. She actually, her boutiques were in San Francisco. They eventually had two daughters, um, and at the time of the story, they were four-year-old Penelope and seven-month-old Sabine. While the two were very successful, they were still ambitious and strived for more and for a better life. So they were ready to kind of like up and onward. They wanted to relocate and they were thinking of doing it in Seattle. They had family in Seattle and they just thought that they could make it there. So they decided to spend Thanksgiving with their family there and kind of like feel it out. One thing I wanted to say about, I'll say it later on. Never mind. Backtrack. (laughs) Did so, you like put a little asterisk there or something so you know to go back? I put a little thing. No. Okay. Um, after the holiday, they began their drive home, which was about 12 to 14 hours away. Um, there's, it was Thanksgiving, so 
there are snowy parts along I don't know if you know the Oregon area or Seattle it's generally I know the game Oregon Trail yeah. a lot of people Is get dysentery Oh, from that okay. Game. From the game, Oregon Trail. Okay, no, I've heard of the game, but it's that was a. Why did they get dysentery? I don't because it's like from the olden days. There's always the thing. That's the joke. Okay, you always die know. of dysentery. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I think that I think it's consumption that everybody died of in the old days. But this is in the game. I don't know. Okay, I, I I don't know. I haven't played it. Anyways, um, it was an American game mostly. Um, I've always had a dream to hike the Pacific Coast Trail, but I'm afraid of murderers. Like in the movie Wild? Like Wild. Like I've wanted to do that since I was like 16, 17. Watching that movie made me not want to do it. Oh, yeah. it's Because it looks too much. It's really tough. I also want to do like hike other trails. I'm big on hiking. I used to love it. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on hiking. I'm getting old. It'll never happen. I'll meet you at the nearest mall. <laughs> um, but I would love to do that. There's also the Atlantic Coast Trail, which is more daunting because of shittier weather and such. Anyways. Anywho. Um, yeah, so they go down to, so they plan out, it's 12 to 14 hours, but they end up wanting to stop on the way about halfway. Uh, they found a lodge in Gold Beach, Oregon. They ate supper at Denny's and decided to head towards the lodge. It was after dark. It's set around like 9 p.m. Um, when they headed out, um, along the way, they realized that James was, um, had missed the exit, which was exit number 42 near Winston. And they were about an hour down the highway. They decided to stop for gas and kind of like evaluate. They consulted a paper map and found another route through the Coast Mountain Range. This was called Bear Camp Road. And although it was fine in the summer months, it could be treacherous in the winter. So back to what I was going to say earlier was like, it's understandable that people make mistakes when they don't know the area. And so like, if you're ever kind of like, it is helpful if you're at a gas station or nearby, like there's places nearby to ask people what's going on. Cause they'll tell you the haps. Okay. Good um, to know. like we get a lot of people that like fall into that, the Niagara Gorge. Yeah. I hear about that because they don't realize it's super dangerous and there's signage and stuff, but people don't realize that like literally the rapids are going to take you under and kill you. But mm-hmm. locals know that from our whole lives. Yeah. Right. I know that I'm not technically local. I'm not from here, but I know that. Yeah. Because I'm from here now. And well, you've been here for a long time now, I'm right? I've been here half my life. I wrote people, not critter, critter tig. I don't know what that says. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so this, so it was kind of more treacherous roads. Um, to give an idea, they start at like an elevation of 900 feet and they go the route goes quickly up 4,000 feet, like very steep uphill, and then goes down. And then the gorge is kind of on the this, um, sorry, Gold Beach, where they were intending to go. This lodge was on the other side of it. So basically going up and down a mountain. Um, and what they also didn't know about this area was that in 1994, an RV salesman named Dewitt Finley um, had gone down this way. It got, the snow got treacherous. He ended up um, starving to death. Okay. So it has a history. So they consulted a paper map, found this route, decided to go on it. Um, It was snowing at the time. And when they came to a fork in the road about 22 miles in, hold on. (laughs) They found a fork in a road. They went like the one way. And at about 22 miles in from going on this fork, it was just a logging road. And they realized they wouldn't be able to go any further. Um, They were like getting out of the car and... um, 
moving sticks and stuff out of the way. Like it was that bad that they were like actually getting in the car, moving twigs and debris off the road and rocks that had fallen and like continuing on. They bloop, 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 bloop. And so the basically when they got there, it was snowing heavily. The, the fork to the one side, I think it was the left, looked like the smaller logging road and the one to the right looked better. And it does have like a... I guess I was watching a documentary and they do have where it says dead end on the road, but the road would have been covered with a little bit of snow. So they wouldn't have seen that. Mm -hmm. um, there were signs though that said like, be careful, people have been stranded and die, beware or whatever. But again, it was snowing, who knows what they saw completely. So it's like in a cartoon when like a traveler comes to a fork in the road and they want to go one way, but like the sign is always covered the with sign, snow that, yeah. that says treacherous road. And then they walk past and they knock the, the snow, snow down off. and then us yes. as the audience gets that, to see that. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, so snow began to fall rapidly. Basically, um, Katie had fallen asleep. And when she woke up, like he was like white knuckling it and the snow was like fell rapidly. I would be too. Yeah. And um, so basically they were like, okay, well, we can't, we can't go any further. It was too tough. Time to backtrack, but they couldn't turn around because it was one of those really narrow roads where like if you like go over the edge, like you'll go over the edge. So they very, very, very slowly uh, went backwards. Okay. Back down the down um, the track. And then they had passed another fork in the road. So they decided, okay, we'll try going down this fork in the road. Um, but that was also a dead end. Oh. Yeah. It was actually like got really narrow and turned into a dead end. Um, it actually usually had a gate, like one of those big yellow gates in front, but it had been broken. They found out later on it had like somebody had broken into it and opened it. So that was open. They couldn't see the gate. They went up the logging road, got stuck. So eventually they realized their mistake. They did have, just a side note, they did have like GPS in their car, but it was like an old school GPS. So it didn't, mm -hmm. it's not like Google Maps where literally like a dude walks around on these hiking trails and like you can get a hiking trail mapped yeah. out. And they did have cell phones as well, but this was 2006 and they didn't have cell, cell service. So they were trying to call for help but couldn't get through. They decided to stop for the night. It started to rain. The rain was melting the snow. They were like, sweet, we're gonna go to sleep and like reevaluate in the morning. But when they woke up in the morning, the car was frozen over. Oh. Snow and ice basically covering the car and blocking their way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did discover a helpful tip. And that okay. is if you have water bottles. Would you call it a fun fact? Cause? Fun facts are fun. Bing! <laughs> um, if you have water bottles in the car, which most people have water bottles and shit in the car, if you actually kind of like squish them and put them under their tires, you could actually get some good grip. Ooh, there we go. Yeah, I just found this out recently. Um, <laughs> Were you stuck? No. Oh, okay. I just, I don't know. Okay. I like survivalist shit. That's good. So, blah, 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 where are we? So when they had first headed up Bear Creek, Bear Camp Road, they had seen a snow plow. So they just were like, oh, okay, well the plows obviously go down these roads. If we wait, a plow will come by. So they decided to wait. They had snacks, uh, they were on a road trip. So they had like kids toys and stuff like that. Um, so they just kind of amused themselves. But when it didn't come, they realized like, okay, it's Saturday. Maybe they, um, it's the weekend. Maybe they'll come on Monday. Mm -hmm. So they pretty much decide to wait it out till Monday. Oh, yikes. Um, I don't think they decided so much as like they didn't have a choice. They couldn't get right out and they couldn't, there was like no, you know what it's like when the snow is bad here. Like you mm -hmm. can't move your car if there was no, yeah. you'll be out shoveling for months. 
which I think I would do even though I don't have food. I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> I would make the poor choice even though I'm, I love survival shit. Um, so uh, no one came by Sunday. And then uh, Monday, no one came. Okay. So they just kept feeding the kids and distracting them. Um, they would hear and see bears. They would honk and try to like scare them away, but they would still see them. They didn't really bother them, but they were starting to get scared that the bears were around. Because mm-hmm. um, it's November, so they haven't quite hibernated yet. Um, by Tuesday, Tuesday, they were low on food. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie began to breastfeed both kids, but needed her own sustenance. So at that point, James actually would go out and scour the bear droppings for berries. Okay which they ate, but then they became hesitant and stopped eating it because they were like, we don't know if these berries are poisonous and like they can digest them, but we can't. So they stopped mm-hmm. eating the berries. Right. Um, the girls became quiet and lethargic and the car ran out of gas. So they basically started to freeze and James uh, used the tires for fire because they tried to like look for for like wood and stuff, but the wood was too wet to burn. Right. After that happened, they kind of got quite scared. Wednesday, they were beginning to think like, okay, obviously no one's coming here. Like there's no cloud, nothing's coming by. Um, And on Thursday morning, James set out. They had located a town on the map called Gallus and James was just hoping he would be able to walk and find it. But James was traveling with just like tennis shoes and a really light jacket. Oh. Because they're from Northern California, right? And they're only in Seattle for a little while. So yeah. it's not. They didn't plan It's pretty on... temperate. They weren't necessarily planning on going through this mountain. Two days passed without him returning. Katie starts getting worried, obviously. As you would. Meanwhile, on Wednesday, friends had filed a missing police report because they had known that they were supposed to return on Monday. And when they didn't show up on Wednesday, they started like asking around. Um, James's father was like kind of well connected. So basically they started a full search and rescue. They used cell phone records and like where they pinged last, they used their cars, they traced their cards to the gas stations. And so they decided to start looking in this area. So that's on Wednesday. And then we're talking about two days later, he still isn't found. Mm-hmm. Um, so on December 4th, a helicopter searching um, saw tracks in the snow and followed them back, leading to the Kim family car. Um, he couldn't stop, but he flew close enough to get a visual of Katie, who was still alive. So I think there was no, like, rain or other snow that covered the tracks. That's true, yeah. So I guess it must have been good that it was, like, clear. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. So he, so they were able to follow the tracks back to the car. Um, and they, so he basically waved to her, made sure she knew that they were coming in to hold on and to like not leave the car and stuff. And they, he went back and sent out a, or got a rescue team. They came and airlifted the girls to a hospital. So when Katie was like up in the helicopter, they were like, how's James? Where is he? And then they quickly realized that she quickly realized that it wasn't actually James who had sent the helicopter, Oh, which was gut wrenching. She just assumed like, oh, he got somebody and like, yeah. And, He's just not and, back yet. You know, had that relief, right? Yeah. Um, so the rescue team went back into full gear searching for him. Um, this was on December 14th, and they That's found. Birthday. Oh. His birthday's December 14th. Sorry, it was December 4th. I didn't mean to say oh. 14th. It just came out. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, James Kim was found dead on December 6th. Aww. He was found lying in two feet of icy water in the creek. He died of hypothermia. He died two days prior to when they found him and two days after leaving the car. 
So basically he ended up going off the logging road to a creek, which um, I also read in one of the things was actually an old school survival, survival technique because you can usually follow the creek and you'll come to like homes and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. actually a, a like a known technique. But there was kind of like some strange things like he actually, oh, we'll get there. He actually ended up traveling more than 20 miles and he ended up doing a loop and he was within a mile. Yeah. Not walking distance, but where they like, like mapping distance where the crow flies. A mile distance from the car. Oh. In the first place. Yeah. And um, he actually, if he had just stuck it out just over a mile on the road because he had headed up the logging road he would have come to a lodge that was there and the lodge was checked regularly. Really? Uh, yeah, to um, like I to make sure that people like they people knew of this lodge and stuff so to make yeah. sure um, everything was good. So they checked the lodge regularly um, and he likely would have survived if he had just stayed on the road, but he did follow an instinct and it doesn't wasn't necessarily a bad instinct in the moment, but mm-hmm. ultimately he could have survived, which is just a kicker. And... Um, James would have struggled. So like the overall story is James would have struggled, um, a lot with this trek and the fact that he made it as far as he did. And as long as he did was almost a miracle because he was on virtually no food. It was, um, nine days overall, like from the time to when he died. So nine days and he, which by the way, don't quote me because a lot of this was like weird the way they laid, laid it out in the stories. Little no food, no warm clothes mm-hmm. overnight, and he managed to survive for as long as he did. Um, they did realize that he had been shedding his clothes. So they ended up finding his, he had taken off his pants, taken off his jacket, um, which are signs of hypothermia. So sometimes when you, you actually, when you get so cold, you actually start to feel hot and you start to take your clothes off. So that's one of the survival things they say, like, don't take your clothes off when you feel hot. You're not hot. Yeah. Um, and then... The silver lining was that it was his tracks that led the helicopter to his family. And so he was responsible for saving his family in the end. Um, He just didn't survive to see it. And it's very frustrating because the whole story was like, what ifs? Like, what if they just backtracked and went the the right way? What if they tried to find different lodgings? What if they just asked the attendant? What if they went on the right fork? Yeah. Like, what if he stayed in the car? Would they have been eventually seen because they did have rescue parties out like just a lot of what ifs and Mm -hmm. just a really tragic story one could call it bad pun the perfect storm oh really bad bad. i know i said it the worst part um katie had said like at one point they were like feared that the daughters were going to die and she was like if the she made him promise that if the daughters would die he would like take the pocket knife and slit her wrists She's just like couldn't survive it, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad they survived. This was several years ago. I believe she's moved on, not moved on, but like right. Yeah, I do believe I saw that she had remarried. I didn't go too deep into it, um, but yeah, I just wanted to tell about the tragic case of James Kim. Oh well, make sure you're careful on your road trip. Yeah, and if anything, like if it teaches people to do things and to second guess and to make decisions then i hope it helps people definitely helps us yes to a degree it does yeah i'm not a good survivalist would last no no i would probably try to trek out really early i would hard to do with two kids like she's a seven month old yeah 
but I don't know. I feel like I would, I would want to take my chances, I guess. I don't know. It's so sad. It's very sad. But they, the, the kids survived. Yes. He, I think he would have been proud of. Well, I'll let you know, I definitely would not have done that story because we did converse. We did converse. I told you my story. Yes. And then I, mine changed a few times and I might yeah. do it again. So we'll just talk. Okay. Okay. Go. Okay. So here we go. TV is a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. I have enjoyed countless hours in front of the small screen as far back as I can remember. While many kids were outside being social with other kids, I was in the basement hanging out with my friends from Bayside High, Degrassi, <laughs> the Tanner Sisters, and all the other shows that came on in the morning, afternoon, and evening. I can always find something to occupy my lazy nothing days. Nothing has changed. I like it. Yeah. Reality t TV has always been a little hit or miss with me. I was super into the early Survivor years, but I eventually lost interest. The T then TLC started their reality slash documentary style shows, and I was drawn in. There's the element of real life with the knowledge that the drama and storylines are usually producer driven and expertly edited, but I don't care. As I mentioned on the last episode, at least I think I did, I have recently jumped on the Real Housewives bandwagon of reality, mm -hmm. in quotations. Yeah. Um, and when I say it was Salt Lake City the last time I was here and it's Beverly Hills today. I have now started Beverly Hills okay. like from the beginning and yeah. I know there's a lot of seasons to get through. Um, and when I say reality, I am using the term super loosely as I know it's not really real. As I got wrapped up in the craziness of the lives of those women, the life of one housewife in particular, Jen Shaw on, as you said, Salt Lake City, unraveled over two seasons. Fun fact. Why? Oh, we got to do it again. We got to do it again because now I have a fun fact. Because fun, fun facts, facts are, are fun. Bing. Bing. There are 11 original installments of the show. Orange County, New York, Atlanta, New Jersey, D.C., Beverly Hills, Miami, Potomac, Dallas, Salt Lake, and Dubai. There are also... Ooh, Dubai. Yes. That's I think that's one's new. I think there's only Ooh. one season that's new. There are also 21 international installments, oh. including The Real Housewives of Toronto that aired on Slice in 2017. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in it because usually... I, think I watched like two episodes. Canadian reality TV is bad. It's so bad, but I want to see it. And there are 27 spinoffs. So there's Holy lots shit. of trashy drama. So it's like um, Vander, Vanderpump Rules and like oh, yeah. just those kind of spinoffs. Yeah. While many of the wives and husbands have been in the tabloids for various scandals, and don't worry, I'm going to mention a couple of them later, Jen Shaw seems to have the biggest scandal at the current moment. I would like to mention that I am fully aware many people could care less about the legal troubles of an overindulged, over-the-top minor TV personality, but I thought it was crazy fun TV, and sometimes a person needs a break from all the murder, and sometimes you just want something fluffy and ridiculous. Yeah, because we do go dark sometimes. Yeah. Okay, first I'm going to set the scene where it all started. Picture this. Sicily. No, I'm just joking. That's like like from the Golden Girls. <laughs> Picture this. A limo bus pulls up in a plaza parking lot and a group of catty friends, enemies, frenemies, get on the bus as they get ready for a road trip to Vail, Colorado from Park City, Utah. As the women chit-chat, check their, check their snack inventory and interact with a few, with the few people in the crew, Jen Shaw gets a phone call. She answers it cheerfully, but then her face drops and her tone gets more serious. The viewer can see she's concerned about what the person on the other end is telling her. And as she asks Whitney, one of the other housewives, to turn her mic off, 
Jen exit the bus to finish her call and the remaining women speculate about what could be going on. When Jen walks back on, she is noticeably upset and she tells her friends she cannot go on the trip. Her husband, University of Utah football coach Sharif, quote, Coach Shaw, was in the hospital with internal bleeding and about to have surgery. Naturally, everyone on the bus were shocked, expressed concern, and had questions. Jen could not answer anything, and after a few hugs and sympathetic words from the ladies, Jen left this to supposedly be with her husband. Cut to moments later. While the women sit on the park in the parking lot trying to decide whether they should still go to Vail, spoiler, they do end up going. Okay. Um, the NYPD, FBI, and Homeland Security pull up looking for Jen. At first, the women think this is just a joke, but soon realize the seriousness of the situation. Like it's not, it's reality. For it's reality real. TV. It's real for reals. Yeah. For real. For real. When the authorities are satisfied Jen is not there and they've asked various questions, the bus gets on the road. During the road trip, the speculation amongst the housewives begin. After a few hours, gossip sites start to report on Jen's arrest only adding more fuel to the gossip on the bus. The women find out their friend was charged with conspiracy to, to commit wire fraud in connection with telemarketing with connection with telemarketing and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. Oh. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. So who is Jen Shaw? Your typical who are you and what are you doing here? Jen was born Jennifer Liu, I think L-U-I, on October 4th, 1973, she is of Tongan and Hawaiian descent and grew up in Salt Lake City. She grew up as Mormon but left the church after learning of the historical mistreatment of African Americans within the church. She then converted to Islam. Converted to Islam. Converted? Converted. I couldn't read my writing. <laughs> and then it, it's converted. She married Sharif in 1994 after meeting in college. The two have two sons, Omar and Sharif Jr., She's supposedly the owner of three companies, Jack's Fashion, Shaw Beauty, and The Real Shaw Lashes. But these may just be covers for the fake uh, goings on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, did he really have internal bleeding or was that just a No, that was just, it's, that I, we don't know who was on the other line. We think it might have been her assistant who also got charged with all this stuff. Uh, saying like, hey, the cops are on to you. you got to get oh, over man, here. Oh man, I thought this was going to be an attempted murder thing. No, it's just a scandal okay it's just a money no. scandal no Go. murder today just fluffy okay, okay. Just fluffy scandals okay. of housewives okay during her time on the show there was always confusion of how jen made her money in her words she explained her her line of work as i'm going to read a thing now so mm. this is from us magazine okay and i'm just going to read it directly i own three different marketing companies and we do lead generation data monetization customer acquisition the best way to describe it is I'm the Wizard of Oz. I'm the one behind the curtain that no one that no one exists, that no one knows exists, but I'm the one making everything happen. Um, so ads are popping to you guys and they're like, how the hell do they know I'm shopping at Neiman Marcus? That's me. If you think about it, you know how much traffic is on the internet every second. All the people clicking. I'm making money on every click. Anytime you click on anything, I'm getting some money. I think because I've been blessed to be successful with the marketing background and my companies, I've really found a niche within the direct response marketing world. I've been able to branch out and invest in our fashion company, our skincare line, and our lash line. I have no idea from that explanation okay. what she does. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you were able she to figure out. algorithms? I don't know. Okay. Apparently. I think she just wanted to talk in circles. 
Okay. So people wouldn't wouldn't would figure it out. Okay. So you would just think she doesn't really know how to explain what she does, and she's part of some kind of online marketing. That's what you would probably get from uh -huh. that. Okay, but okay, what did she actually do? Okay. And I'm going to read this again. This is from Cosmopolitan.com. Okay. Jennifer Shaw, who portrays herself as a wealthy and successful business person on reality television, and Stuart Smith, who is portrayed as Shaw's first assistant, allegedly generated and sold lead lists of innocent individuals for other members of their scheme to reportedly scam. In actual reality, and as alleged, the so-called business opportunities pushed on the victims by Shaw, Smith, and their co-conspirators were just fraudulent schemes motivated by greed to steal the victim's money. Oh, like she was, she, investors. Yeah, but there was nothing to invest. Yeah. Yeah. In reality, they allegedly built their opulent lifestyle at the expense of vulnerable, often elderly, working-class people. As alleged, disturbingly, Shaw and Smith objectified their very human very real human victims as leads to be bought and sold, offering their personal information for sale to other members of their fraud ring. Wow. Working with our partners at the NYPD and the United States Attorney's Office, SDNY, and with the assistance of HSI, um, I know that one is Homeland Security, <laughs> Salt Lake City, um, it's SHI New York, work to ensure that Shaw and Smith will answer for their alleged crimes. So they were just selling wow. people's information. And the people that they thought were getting like business yeah. investments weren't getting anything. They were just paying like subscriptions and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But they weren't getting anything from it. And they were all like elderly people and That's terrible. Yeah. So she didn't murder anyone, but she still did some shady business dealings that affected the most vulnerable population, the elderly. What was the timeline of all this? Having just the facts? What was the timeline of all this? Having just the facts is easier to digest. So I just have a couple of dates. Okay. So 2012, the telemarketing scheme began. March 2021, Shaw was arrested during the show. Holy shit, that's a long time. <clears throat> yeah, it was a while that it went on for. Oh my gosh. April 2021, Shaw pled not guilty. July 2022, she changed her plea to guilty. Oh. January 6, 2023, so just this year, she was sentenced to six years in prison with five years of supervision when she was released. She'll begin her sentence on February 20th or February 17th in Texas. Wow. Yes. Okay. I tried to keep the Jen Shaw story kind of short so I could also throw in some extra housewife scandals Yay. and crimes. Okay. I don't know why these people agree to be on TV when they're committing illegal yeah. activities, but such is their lives. That's weird. <coughs> I would want to stay more low key. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now Jen But maybe because they their friends are in it and if she they didn't agree it would be weird. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, I forgot to mention. While Jen likes to flaunt all the luxury goods that she owns, when her name was when her home was raided, it was found that many of her items were counterfeit. Ooh. And that's a crime right there. Wow. Counterfeit goods. Um, in the document that I read that itemized all the things, there was around eighty pieces of um, of items that were counterfeit. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Okay. Okay, so other big stories. One of the other big stories in the Housewives universe right now involves Erica Jane from the Beverly Hills version. Her and her husband, attorney Tom Giraldi, were accused of embezzling funds that were meant for families of the Lion Air Flight 610 victims. I guess the plane crashed and a whole bunch of people died on that plane, so these were for like their families and stuff. Yeah. The money was reportedly being used to fund um, the couple's lifestyle. 
Shortly after, Erica filed for divorce. This spurred accusations the divorce was a cover to protect their money. Wow. Tom was also sued by his business partners for $882 million for failing to make monthly payments for rent, taxes, and other fees. Erica was later found not guilty of any wrongdoing. Her husband's debts are gradually being paid off with the sale of their home and other personal items. Yikes. Tom has been suffering from Alzheimer's and currently resides in assisted living facilities. Um, assisted living facility. There are more details to the story, but I don't care that much. So I didn't write it down. Okay. <laughs> okay, next is Teresa and Joe Guidis. 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 The stars of the New Jersey version um, pled guilty to 41 counts of various mail wire and bankruptcy frauds. Teresa served 11 months in jail and Joe was sentenced to 41 months. After his jail sentence ended, he was taken to ICE custody Ooh. and was ordered back to Italy where he is from. He moved back in 2019 and the couple split. Wow. And there are other like divorce yeah. scandals, wives who owed money to various staff, family and friends, but there's too much to retell. Dirty. Yeah, so that's my fluffy housewife scandal. Nice. What's your throwback? Um, Hercules and Xena. Oh, Kevin Zorbo. And yeah, they always played like back to back, and I loved Xena. Yeah. Like I really loved Lucy Lawless. Is that it? Yeah, Lucy Lawless. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Oh, that that's fun. my throwback. I loved. I that they were always on. All yeah, the, it was like um, like people watched Seinfeld and Friends and uh, Simpsons reruns, but I loved you Xena. That. Xena was so good. Mine's Sailor Moon. Oh, we all we picked TV shows. Yeah, I've been rewatching it with Nick. Really? It's on Crave. So Does he like it? He, well, because he likes anime right now. Yeah, like he's been watching Naruto, so it's on Crave. So I asked him if he wanted to watch because I loved Sailor Moon. Yeah, in like the nineties. So did I. Who didn't? And the, who was your sailor? I don't. I didn't really have like a specific one. I just thought oh. it was a fun show. Yeah. But I guess I would. I was reading a lot of like fun facts about it, and there was a lot of stuff that was changed for like oh. American Canadian audiences. Okay. That was shown in Japan, but couldn't be shown here. Like couldn't be. Well, or just like they didn't want to show it here, or whatever. Like okay. there's a lot of like LGBTQ stuff oh, okay. in it. Like Sailor, was it Sailor Uranus and Sailor is it Neptune? There was a there was two, and I guess they were supposed to be like cousins when it was shown here, and one kind of dressed like in pants and stuff. Yeah, and I remember when it came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, there's gonna be a boy." Sailor person, oh, but it was, it was a, a girl. Relationship. Yeah, but it was yeah. They were a couple, but when oh. it came here, they had to get rid of that storyline. Oh, so they made them cousins. Interesting. And I guess there's one of the bad guys. I oh, because for like kids. Well, for kids, and because <laughs> Western okay, society, we can't handle that. We couldn't handle that in the '90s, right? Yeah, I guess it's terrible. And then the one bad guy, I forget their names, but I guess the one like presented as a girl. So they were supposed to be a couple, but it, it was actually a boy. Oh. But when they dubbed over the voice, they dubbed it over female. Because, again, they didn't want to show a same-sex couple. Oh. Yeah, there's all this, like... Interesting. Cool. Yeah, there's all we this... We should do, like, the dark Sailor Moon. My favorite was... I was Sailor Jupiter. She was, like, my favorite. I wanted to be here for Halloween, all that shit. Let's I do have, a Sailor Moon podcast. I have her doll. That's fine. We should do a Sailor Moon podcast. <sighs> We have to do the Veronica Mars. Right? We do. We have to start that when you come back from vacation. Yeah, because I just want to watch Veronica Mars again. It's so I'll good. watch Veronica Mars. I love it. Excuse we should, me. I'm we should do. Hiccups. Oh yeah, no, we were gonna. We were talking about watching One Tree Hill, but there you have one with the real people. So I know much better than we could ever do. We can't compete with that. No, no. 
Well, anyway, we're not superstitious, but we're a little stitious. Bye. Bye-bye.